Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. We're back at home base. Yep. Uh, took a week off. Sorry about that. I, I have an excuse. Do I need to give it? Or do we just say... What's your excuse? Uh, Michigan making the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. And then the Sklar brothers coming through with a last minute ticket for me to see it in person. Thank you so much, Randy and Jason Sklar, past future guests of the show. Um, it was amazing and worth uh, delaying the podcast for. I think so. That's uh, that's college basketball. College which, basketball, yep. Which is a, a big deal in America. Yeah, I think it's more fun. I mean, I don't really care much about sports in general, but at least this is like the town I grew up in. And I don't know, pro sports, I don't see how anyone gets as invested in pro sports as you do in college, just because there's so much more money. And there's money involved in college that... The college system's corrupt, too, because the kids can't get paid. You've but just else counted out your own paid. argument. Hey, we yeah, got a guest yeah, 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 we do. That's true. We do, yes. Uh, a while, a fair while in the making. Finally, the other half of the <laughs> Tofop, Fofop crossover show. We've had Will Anderson on a couple of times. Now it's the other half of Tofop, Charlie Clawson. How are you, man? Uh, good, good. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I was just being patient and waiting to No, to I appreciate it. I sort of, I've heard, listened to some podcasts where the guests will speak before they're introduced, and I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy. Hang on. Wait to be introduced, then start Impeccable speaking. podcast etiquette. <laughs> Not just a podcast, point out, actor, soap star. Yes. Man about town, yep. Australian. Australian bearded person. <laughs> yeah. Are you considered, uh, I mean, I think anybody would say the term hunk would apply to you? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a bit long in the tooth to be considered a hunk. The show I worked on had genuine hunks, like, you know, in the prime hunk age bracket okay because i thought i was kind of hunky and then i started working on this show and it's like oh no that, that that's a real hunk you <laughs> know hunk, what i mean hunk adjacent well that's, uh, that's home and away we should point out uh, yeah. which is one of the two like so super long there's na- there's yeah, neighbors, neighbors and home and away are the two australian soaps that pretty much everyone who's international like every australian you can think of in both Eric the acting Mm. I'm sure he did one of them. Who? Eric. Eric was Eric Banner, Banner on no. one of them? Well, Eric Banner. He was in The Castle, which is one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah, that no. was his first movie role. Eric Banner, funnily enough, was a comedian before he was an actor. Like, people over here don't know that because all he's ever done is dramatic roles. But he was literally in... He was a sketch comic, Sketch he? comic actor, the equivalent of, like, Saturday Night Live. And he was really good oh, okay. at impressions. And then when he did Chopper, that was his first kind of breakout role where he played, like, a, a psychopath. Everyone was like... Isn't that the dude who does all the funny voices and wears the wigs? Like, it was a real <laughs> yeah. shock to us. And we kind of, as Australians, kept waiting for Eric Banner to do, like, his a comedy role. And he just hasn't done it. I think the closest he got was he did that, uh, what's the Adam Sandler film, the Judd Apatow one, uh, Funny People. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he plays the wife of uh, a girl that Adam Sandler's in love with. And I was like, here we go. It's, it's Banner time. But uh, He was a straight man. He's a that. straight man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you keeping your powder dry, Eric? Yeah. Because the castle might be his only comedic film role. Yeah, that's true. But even then, like, he's only a very small part in that. Yep. Sort of a Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton sort of career. I guess Hanks never did. Yeah, but but they, they started funny and then got That's what I'm serious. saying. They started funny and got serious. Like Whereas Grandis he went was, straight right? to psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> yeah it's true. And man, poor not poor Eric Banner, he's fine, but like I I liked the I've seen his house. Okay. He lives doing, he lived in my mother. Don't worry about I'm just it. He's thinking doing about, fine. You know, the uh the current incarnation of the Avengers and uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, right, but, yeah. And I liked Eric Banner's Hulk. I don't know why everyone you didn't like it. Well, the guy is six foot three and built like a brick shit house. So like I think the whole point of you you're know, supposed to be small and then become yeah big. then become yeah. the Hulk and it's like you pick that guy it's like well there's not much you know there's not much further to go and that film is just 
it's weird. It's a strange film. It's like <laughs> an art house comic it's book angry, film. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but you did manage to pick just about the only famous Australian who wasn't on either. Oh, and Ava's a home and away. <laughs> well done. But yeah, just for a brief a brief list. Russell Crowe was on Neighbours. Chris yeah. Hemsworth was on Home and Away. Kylie yeah. Minogue oh. was on Neighbours. Uh-huh. Uh, Isla Fisher was on Home and Away. Naomi Watts was on Home and Away. Wow. Luke Mitchell was Home and Away. Margot Robbie was on Neighbours. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger was on Home and Away. Liam Hemsworth was on Neighbours. Uh, I th- yeah, but Liam Hemsworth, I think that's a bit of a misnomer. He did a tiny little role on. He Neighbors. was a guest. After he just he just got famous because he was hot, like super yeah. hot. Like I think he did Neighbours for a little bit, and then Miley Cyrus met him and did that. They did that film together and fell in love, and then he became yeah. Liam Hemsworth. I mean, I mean some yeah, people I'm are just so guy. beautiful. Oh, and Guy can Pierce. Can... Guy Pierce was on Home and Away. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris or no, you're, you're was on Neighbours. He was uh, he he's made his name as on Neighbours. Did he? This yeah, website yeah. says Home and Away. I think he did both, but he it, might well have double dipped. He he, he 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 definitely became a household name doing Neighbours back home. All right. So yeah, it's you... like it's like sort of acting school for Australians. Well, yeah, and also we don't have uh, like many many shows getting made. So yeah. like, if you're interested in acting, you're sort of going to get funneled one down one of these two routes. But na- Neighbours and Home and Away. This, it's interesting because they were they were sort of neck and neck for a while. And if the way you can sort of best describe them is it's like Neighbours is a Melbourne soap, which is like New York. So it's very much kind of has that – it's kind of more interesting people, more interesting sort of storylines, whereas Home and Away is set in New South Wales, which is Sydney, which is more like LA. So it's much more about the glamour. Uh-huh. And so for a long time, they're neck and neck. And then Home and Away just decided to pump up the glamour factor. That's when Chris Hensworth started. And then – they just got ridiculously beautiful. So when I got the job on the show, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I've been acting for quite a while. I, I don't have a problem. I'll just let my acting speak for me. Within like six months, I'm like, I need to go to the gym. <laughs> I need to change my diet. Maybe like need to get some fillers. I don't know. <laughs> God, that's a lot of pressure. That's uh, some real, yeah. Um, wait, so if, if New York is Melbourne, Melbourne yep. and... Melbourne. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sydney is LA. I thought I Perth was, was LA. What's you know what? I, no, I always thought I always thought that Melbourne is more San Francisco. I thought like it's like Melbourne's got... Because Melbourne's got the sort of artsiness to it. Yeah. No, but it's, it's more like New York in terms of nightlife and culture and theatre and, and bands and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. 24 hours. Whereas Sydney... Is just filled Sydney's with a, a lot beach of, town and it's just filled with good looking dumb people <laughs> that's its claim to fame but Perth shout is... out to my sister who lives in Sydney <laughs> those are both still in the eastern half of the country though right uh, Melbourne and Sydney yeah yes but then Perth is all the way on the west yeah, coast yes right? the most What's... isolated country in the southern uh, city in the southern hemisphere is Perth and it's not and you couldn't relate it to any American it's city a co- as far as well it's, it's a country town so I don't know like uh, what's somewhere on the coast Maybe... it's, not, it's not very big no it's small it's, oh, it's okay. beautiful like naturally beautiful but in the joke about Perth is it's five years behind when you set your watch, but it's about 15 years behind in yeah. terms of okay. everything else. Yeah. Uh, ben, we still have, I mean, we've been uh, promising listeners will make a voyage over there at some point for like oh, really? six years. You're going to take it on the road. Live show. And we haven't We'd done love it yet, to. We have a fair number of listeners in Australia. We got a lot of stories. From, mostly to Will. Oh, holy yeah, shit. It, yeah. th- it did almost, I'd say nearly entirely from Will. Like there was yeah. a point where the first time Will was on the show, we suddenly spiked in the Australian <laughs> iTunes charts. And luckily, a fair few people stayed with us. Hey, Aussies. Well, maybe that should yeah. be your strategy is just like uh, get more people around from different countries. That way you can just like, spike all over the globe. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. Do, do get you have, you, get uh, your next Thai comedian on the next right, show. Right. I'm trying to think of the last person we've had who drove some of their own followers from a different country over our way. I'm not sure. Uh, we've had a couple of Scandinavians. 
had a oh, couple of Danes. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Well, I'm a, my surname, Simon and Sophie. My surname is Clausen, which is actually Clausen. So technically, I could be your third Dane. I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll pump up that that Scandinavian. Yeah, let's get that Danish well. bump. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sen versus son. Sen is kind of the giveaway of it being Danish, right? I guess so. I don't know. I think in general, things that are as opposed to what son. So what like, would son some, be? Like uh, like. Like my my grandmother is uh, Danish and Jensen J E N S E N as opposed to S O N. Right. That that spelling I think is a giveaway. Of well, I guess it would. I Danish. mean, it's son of Klaus. Klaus son. Right, but it's so not son S O N. It's S E N. I think that's like the Danish spelling of son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're huge in. Oh no, Iceland has all the dot dotiers, right? Like D O T T I R as a surname suffix oh yeah I think like you're right on that York, one like, I think the top um, CrossFit athletes in the world they're both named and something's daughter and uh, Bjork's last name is Gutman's daughter it's right all, yeah There's, like son daughter yeah there's no end to this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's but, just I mean, the, like, yeah. we all know who the top CrossFit athletes are in the world, so there's no need to go any yeah, yeah, more yeah. detail than that one. Everyone knows. But we all follow the we CrossFit Open uh, religiously. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I that... That's the other reason we've been late on a couple of podcasts recently because of obviously the CrossFit, CrossFit championships sure. were yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Charlie, we yes. like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? Uh, nothing at all, really. I was always terrible at science at school. I was much better at the humanities type subjects because uh-huh. I think when there is a definite answer to something, I, I suck. <laughs> yeah. I need a bit of wriggle room in my responses. Uh, but my father was a dentist. Um, that's so that's that, science adjacent. That's yeah, definitely sure. in the medical field. So I definitely grew up with um, uh, Grey's Anatomy in the house, uh, which I used to think of as sort of a poor man's porno. I mean, yeah, uh, I, could see, I was going to ask. If, uh... <laughs> yeah. It was my first exposure to uh, a, a cross-section of a breast, <laughs> which still, it was still a breast. You know, breast uh, this is the 80s. Time. It's, tit yeah. to tit, no matter which angle it's from. And if it's hand-drawn. <laughs> Yeah, my uncle was an ortho- or is an orthopedic surgeon, and um, I found some of his surgery books. Nothing titillating at all, but just some really graphic like descriptions of how to amputate a finger and stuff. <laughs> well, my, oh god! My dad, had, my dad had a book that was a collection of like dental uh, deformities. So it was like a, 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 I guess like a compendium or something like that, which. As a kid, was nightmare fuel. Like you yeah, flip through yeah. this thing and just see. Like, but you couldn't stop yourself from flipping through. No, it like right, yeah. I remember, there's a child born with two mouths and two tongues, and this family of like it, where they had a lot like gigantism of the jaw and stuff. It was like fascinating but terrifying. I just that reminds me for some reason I went down a Wikipedia wormhole the other day, or is it rabbit hole? Do you guys think rabbit or worm? Rabbit hole. Think of rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. a rabbit hole is like a space. Yeah, rabbit hole is when you go into Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, a wormhole yeah, yeah. is when you go back in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't go See? To science. Yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Wikipedia <laughs> rabbit hole of Rocky Rocky Dennis, the guy who the movie Mask was yeah, based yeah, on. Yeah. I'd never even seen the movie. What I didn't know the movie Mask is based on. Yeah, yeah. You thought that was just like a fictional. Well, part- I thought it was like a, co- a comic strip. No, not, oh, not, your, not, <laughs> not Jim Carrey. Oh, that's the most. Eric Stoltz and Cher. Oh, well, that's very different. <laughs> very, yeah. Oh, no, that's an actual medical so, like, condition. Okay. You uh, find a mask that adheres to yeah. your skin and changes your personality. That's also what happens if you're looking up stories and briefly tune out the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Stoltz, I think it's like 1985. I just did that uh, thing of like, you know when you fall asleep watching a film and then a different film comes yeah. on in between? And you're like, yeah. how did... Hang on, they were breaking out of prison and now... Like, They're animated? <laughs> that was that. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie? The Mask? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that worth watching? Um, 
I look. I remember it being. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's it's a message film about acceptance. Right. 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 Uh, so, so there's no Jim Carrey at all in it. No. There's no. There's no wacky voices. <laughs> Maybe a very no young cameo. I I don't know. It's really lacking in catchphrases. That was my memory of it. <laughs> But they, do, um, but they do like it is still someone still does have like a transformation. Uh, well, no, it's about a kid, obviously, with whatever disease he's got, which is given him the facial deformity, learning to accept himself easier. and graduate high school through extreme confidence and wearing a yellow hat. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and men dancing <laughs> with Cameron Diaz. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it. It's great. Yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah, he he didn't even make it to age seventeen, which is super sad. I thought maybe the story was happier because the movie was made about it. Does he does well, survive the, the movie's story? Or? No, I mean, it's about him because he comes from a background of, like, bikers. He's working class. He's like the Aaron Brockovich okay. uh, a, a type background. And so he's constantly having to fight against not only, you know, discrimination of how he looks, but the fact that he comes from, from white trash. I think he falls in love with a blind girl as well. So there's a, a love story element. Remember Sam Elliott's in it, just Sam Elliotting about. Oh, okay. You know when you need a Sam Elliott, well, you just, Sam just to come Elliot, in right. and do Sam Elliott about, just which, be which was, cool. Was and, he here now, or um, uh, was he on either of the soaps? Sam Elliott? Yeah. He's what? Australian, right? No, no. Sam Elliott. He, Sam Neill, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sam Neill. Sam, Sam Elliott was actually in... Uh, Sam this mustache. whole last five minutes Neil's has been like, an, yeah, like uh, a retirement home yeah. conversation. <laughs> exactly. It's like an OAP conversation. Probably Alzheimer's. <laughs> with the mask? The mask? with the, always, the guy with the mask and the Sams and the Sams and the... <laughs> and at least this is consistent with Samuel and Sam Elliott. I will always confuse. It actually comes is. full That's, circle uh, because Sam Elliott was General Ross in Angley's Hulk. Oh, okay. You know, so, mustache yes. guy. Yeah, yeah, mustache guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for for listeners, and Cher, the stranger from uh, Big Lebowski. Cher is Rocky Dennis's mom in the yeah. movie Mask, and he suffered from CCD, which is craniodiaphyseal dysplasia. I mean, it's quite a. Lion, it guess. is quite a bit of work. The prosthetic he wears in it. I mean, I, I think about Eric Stoltz, and I'm like, can you imagine, like, you were Marty McFly. You got four weeks into filming and you get a tap on the shoulder saying, hey, uh, it's not working out, buddy. Yeah. But go across to the next studio. <laughs> they want to put this giant rubber mask on you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, did he know at the time how big Back to the Future was going to be? Because had Robert Zemeckis proven himself? Like, I don't know if that was a thing. It was a, a Steve, Steven, Steven Spielberg was producing it. So oh, okay. I think, I think, you, gonna be a... I think you'd know that you're under good, something oh. good. I mean, that's my favorite film. Of all time, easily. Like, I think so that great. that film doesn't get worse on repeat viewings. It only gets better and better and better. Yeah. But I imagine for Eric Stoltz... <laughs> it probably doesn't get better. Oh, yeah. my nice. God. Can you and imagine? now that they've released... You can find the test footage, not te- the early footage. I know. Footage the, that's of, what I was going to say, is they released the, 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 the footage they used of him, and it's like, he must have been... I mean, who owns the rights to that? I guess they own the rights, so they can decide whether they release it, but... Man, like of all the painful memories. Yeah. Like 25 years later, you'd be thinking, it's fine. I don't have to think about Back to the Future anymore. It's like, oh, Eric, we're bringing out a special uh, edition and we're going to put your scenes in. Yeah. Great. As, as thanks. If, as if we were all like friendly and like, yeah. it was not parting on. It was, oh, it was like mutual breakup. Yeah. We both. Uh, well, yeah. In, in the bonus features. <laughs> we just they, agreed to. <laughs> they do. In Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis in the bonus features do go to great pains to sort of say, look, you know, he's not a bad actor. It's just that, you know, we were looking for, you know, someone who had a bit more of a comic energy. And apparently they wanted Michael J. Fox first, but he was doing Family Ties, so he wasn't available. And then they just went back to Michael J. Fox and said, what about if you shot, you know, after hours? So apparently Michael J. Fox would shoot Family Ties all day and then jump in a car, go across and shoot Back to the Future all night. 
and get about two hours sleep a night. And that's why I got Parkinson's. That's crazy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Probably I, science. <laughs> I mean, I do know at least one person who's voiced that as a genuine opinion because oh, really? you don't. Yeah, because you don't uh, work twenty two hours a day without chemical help. Oh. I didn't even know there were any proven links between any chemicals. I don't know if there are proven links, but there's definitely ones, but. Oh, there's definitely links to like heavy coke use and Alzheimer's. brain deterioration, and possibly as a okay. result Parkinson's. I I, mean, I guess I knew that like uh, I think everyone agrees Muhammad Ali's Parkinson's was probably due to getting being hit in punched the head, repeatedly right? in the yeah. head. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Let's do more speculation today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if any of you, uh, we have brain scientists and very neuroscientists and brain experts who listen to the show from time to time. If you happen to know or have any insight on this, or uh, I know we've got sort of uh, could it be the fact that drug he, researchers as well, like write on in and yeah. mark your envelope. Could it be the fact that he, he traveled through time, gave him Parkinson's? Oh, I don't know. Well, yes, he it's, went through that rabbit hole, the temporal displacement. It's I, uh, such believe. a. Sh- tiny sample that it's hard to know yeah yeah it wouldn't be a controlled <laughs> the only person we know of so far to have traveled in time i guess two people well doc, the, doc and marty and the four guys in the hot tub as well i believe That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh should we get to some cheery news that is australian related yeah Matt? let's do it is it about spiders or sharks or snakes because you guys seem Qualis. obsessed with that oh, okay Qualis. is it about syphilis no, it's okay. about daylight savings and koalas. <laughs> so Chlamydia. Happy daylight oh, chlamydia. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, the one I kissed is... gave me syphilis. So like okay. Well, the, the, they mostly have chlamydia, <laughs> just so you know. But they don't like being put in that box always. I mean, that's uh, every every koala is an individual. Yeah. Deserves to be that's judged. Let's not, not koala shine. That's exactly. Um, so, yeah, we just had daylight savings. Happy daylight savings, everyone. Uh, I didn't know that this, this past one marked the 100th anniversary of it. Did you guys know that? No. Nah. So I think true. I did because it was making a big deal of it. Oh, really? Uh, anyhow, so it, it means the sun will rise and set an hour later on March mm-hmm. 11th than it did on March 10th, obviously. And it gives people in the Northern Hemisphere more sunlight in the evening hours. And it turns out the change may save the lives of koalas. Right. Have you heard this? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was the brainchild of Benjamin Franklin who devised the time change to conserve energy, but it wasn't implemented until March 31st, 1918. Um, but it's up to debate whether uh, daylight saving actually saves energy. The time change marginally decreased U.S. energy consumption, according to a study conducted by Stanton Hadley, a senior researcher at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Um, but saving, daylight savings time um, increased residential energy usage in Indiana, a 1998 study found. And temporary changes in Australia for the 2000 Summer Olympics also didn't save any energy according to a 2007 study. This is probably something embarrassing to confess on a science podcast, but until I was about 20 years old, I thought daylight savings was like a naturally occurring phenomenon. No, right, yeah. <laughs> but time just changes. Time changes. Like the, an hour ceases to exist. We all move yeah. forward. And then someone had to explain to me that time is just a construct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, time itself isn't a construct. Our measurement of it is arbitrary. What we call uh, 7 a.m. Well, I guess even like, you know, noon is when the sun is at its its highest. highest. Approximately. Even that's not not quite right. Yeah, if you were always... Yeah, I mean, I guess we could all be keeping local... I guess it is if you're at sea, right? Because you determine local noon with a sextant, and that's how you figure out your longitude. That's what I do when I'm at sea. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I get sextant the brains out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyway, so whether whether or not it conserves energy or not, um, the main point is whether the extra hour of sunlight improves people's lives. It's people wanting to take advantage of that light time in the evening, which, I mean, I, 
I'd, I'd be I'd be for just calling this the new, the time year round. I don't know why. Anyway, um, even that point may be bunk though because people don't exercise more because of daylight savings. Um, oh, is that sorry? Is that one of the motivations that I, maybe let people exercise? Because how often has humanity like proven that wrong? Like, let's give people the opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah, let's <laughs> see what happens. And sorry, yeah. kids in front of somebody. Yeah. Um, also, I keep saying daylight savings, and someone just tweeted about how like it's not a fucking bank account; it's daylight saving time, not savings. Oh, so I have to retrain yes. myself to not. So daylight saving time, which yeah. doesn't roll off the tongue as well. It's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's it's monster. <laughs> Frankenstein's saving. Um, one of my favorite tweets is someone just posted a picture of the last page of that book and then written in pencil at the end. Also, as he walked away, he said, and it's also cool if you just want to call me Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so people are, people don't exercise more because of it, according to studies. Um, yeah, I'll just take more drugs. More time to take drugs. Yeah, you got to do that second movie at yeah, night. Give yeah, my, yeah, give myself Parkinson's. <laughs> um, people, like, a study compared people who lived in Arizona, with, and Arizona doesn't observe daylight saving, um, which allowed for a good control in that experiment. Okay, so anyhow, uh, there is a silver lining to all this. Yes. Daylight saving time may decrease the number of koalas killed by motorists in Australia, according to a 2016 uh. study in the journal Biology Letters. That's because wild koalas are nocturnal and most vehicle accidents with wildlife happen at twilight or in darkness during the evening commute, researchers wrote. Shifting daylight hours with daylight saving may reduce these wildlife deaths, according to a computer model created by the researchers. So in Australia, where koalas live, obviously, um, Queensland and the Northern Territory do not follow daylight saving. In the U.S., Hawaii is the only other state besides Arizona that doesn't observe it. Thank so, you, Paul Kragenbrink. Kragenbrink? That is a, it's a cool name. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for Paul oh, for that, that the was, story. That was user submitted. Yeah. Uh, most of these are these days. Yeah, oh, isn't that great? We're on TOEFOP. Like, we've been doing it for eight years. We just decided to ask people to send us letters. And it's great because now we don't have to think of shit yeah. to talk about. Yeah, like it's, it's amazing. It's like yeah. I think we're going to change the entire like structure of the podcast. Like we got we we did recorded yesterday or two days ago. We had letters to get through. We read one, and that was enough fuel enough for an hour yeah. podcast. It's yeah. like we're never going to have to prepare anything ever again. How long have you been back on Tofop full time? Uh, since 2014. So for oh four years, oh okay. Yeah. I thought it was only after you quit after the soap opera ended. No 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 no. I went in and negotiated. Uh, 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 went in and negotiated my way back on. I mean, it was a weird thing. <clears throat> they there was never really no one. That weird thing about being told I couldn't do it is no one actually really told me. My agent at the time told me they've got some issues with the content of this podcast and this is a family show and blah blah blah. And I asked my agent at the time. Who's oh, because you, were, you because you were on a family TV show yeah. while then doing a podcast that people could listen to. I use yeah. I use, mean, use the f cuss. It's it's <laughs> insane because like they're two completely different. I don't think anyone who watches Home and Away would listen to Tofop and, and vice versa. Right. If anything, you might get some Tofop listeners curious to see what I look like watching Home and Away. You might actually get like better well, ratings. We used to, I remember when I because it's shown in daytime in the UK and. It used to be like it was like tea time showing. They showed twice, didn't they? In the UK, yeah, they would. It was like once at like one thirty in the afternoon, and then again at like mm. five thirty in the like late afternoon. And we would, I remember watching it at university. It was like we would watch Neighbours and Home and Away. We went, I went through a phase of watching it every day. It's a weird thing. A it's almost bigger in the UK than it is in Australia. Like especially Home and Away. I think as Home and Away sells this image of Australia that's like a postcard. It's like everyone's at the beach all the time. Every big conversation or discovery happens like by a beach. Like, yeah, everyone's sort of like holding a surfboard as a prop. 
shop. Yeah, you're always coming to and from the beach, shirtless mainly, beautiful girls, good-looking guys. But when I went back to Scotland with my wife, because she's from this tiny little town, about 6,000 people, um, they all watch it in that town. And it blew their minds to see the high school principal from Summer Bay High <laughs> like walking down <laughs> the streets of this town because they just it didn't really kind of... It took a while for them to go, it couldn't possibly. Then I'd start speaking, they'd hear the accent, and they'd be like... What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be like, you know, getting yep. kids off drugs back in Summer Bay? <laughs> Exams are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so is it mostly about that, that kid's generation or is it both generations? The premise of the show, and it sort of got away from this a little bit, but the initial premise of the show was all about foster families. Oh, okay. so I didn't it, even know that. Yeah, because it's, it, it's changed a lot. It's been on air for 30 years, but mm-hmm. that's the idea is that there was a family that took in a bunch of foster kids and it was their kind of trials and tribulations. And then it's kind of, I mean, I've got to be honest, like, I love the job. I, I the best time on it. Everyone I worked with was fantastic. And I sat in on the writers' room one day. And the writers' room, writers' rooms in Australia are not like over here, like under resourced, you know, high demand. So I sat in on a writers' room meeting, and it literally was because it's on five nights a week. God, so that's so five, five half hour episodes. So you go into the writers' that's a room. A lot of TV. Well, this is for the actors as for well. Like you must be getting the script, and I guess soap, soap acting over here in America is the same as well. And, and in the UK, we're like. Coronation Street and EastEnders or whatever, you pretty much have to be good at like, you know, you get the script the night before and you're on. Do- oh, no, I mean, uh, oh. so you, you, you get, you'd get the script two weeks ahead of time. You okay, some, that's a lot more than I thought. You get some amendments, like they might change things on the spot. But I mean, one thing, your muscle memory gets great because you just, you get, I'm like now over here doing pilot auditions and stuff. Like my memory is fantastic. Like I can learn a script in like 10 minutes because right. it's just, wow. you just, you work that muscle. But you go into the writer's room and they would have, the whiteboard divided up into five days for, you know, the episodes. Then you've got a list of all the characters, and there's about 20. Then all the locations, and then the restrictions on both, because some actors are only, you know, contracted for this many episodes. Okay. And so then the writers have to come up with storylines on a, for a show that's been on air for 30 years that haven't been done before, or haven't, at least aren't in recent memory. And they do that in two days. They plot out five episodes in two days, and then that goes off to the writers who get four weeks to write a draft. So the fact that it's like lasted this long and it is even barely watchable is a miracle. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something about the nature of that kind of television is it's like you just go, 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 and you really... Well, well also, it's like, unlike, unlike um, sort of episodic TV, like... Um... You, the different storylines in an episode don't have to interlink in any way. Yeah. So, like, a, an episode of a soap opera will follow, like, three families or groups of friends mm. for that one episode. Yeah. And you'll just get, like, this person's story every third scene and this person's story yeah. every third scene and this person's story every fourth scene or whatever. Yeah. And you they just cut between them and scenes. So it's basically, like... I, I feel like... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like an episode of a soap opera is kind of, like, almost set four or five independent five minute long almost web shows pieced together and like alternating each other yeah and it's also like and they and they spread out those storylines over a long period exactly of time. so it's almost like you're sort of following one person's storyline over 10 episodes but but then sometimes you wouldn't be in a whole episode you'd be like you'd skip an episode yeah exactly but single episodes do pay off some of their stories right sometimes I mean, they'll interlink and yeah yeah but also no, story yeah. arcs will come and go over yeah. yeah they'll like they'll sometimes be like a 20 20 episode story arc and then sometimes it'll be like a one episode Generally, problem of the week whatever the b storyline is or if it's a comic relief storyline you know like you know someone gets the wrong wedding dress delivered or whatever that will be resolved but then there's the overarching yeah, kind yeah. of storylines but I remember talking to the producers when I first started because there's two things about it 
which really threw me. And the first one is like the first scene I did, you know, you, you know, you, you get to the end of the scene and then everyone, like everyone sort of just stopped and they didn't call cut and everyone was just sort of like looking around. And I, so I just started ad-libbing because I'm like, why is like no one talking? Like, no, 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 we're going to a commercial break. We need you to just hold that so we can like put the- Oh, that's yeah, so funny. Go to commercial, like put the name that you show up and, you know, roll out to commercial. Do you know what I mean? Wait, no, so when you're watching it- a- still for the amount of time the commercial- Yeah, so it's like you say- <laughs> Not the whole commercial, but like there's like almost- uh, It's not the whole commercial break. So you're just going There's like a sing. music sting. That yeah, happens. like, so I, I'd say, Matt, I'm your father. Dun, 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 dun. And he has to hold that look. And, so then, that, and then uh, the screen will say the word tied over your faces or something? Yeah. Or no, no, no. no, 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 then no. It, that, that no it, the name of the show. Okay. It's like home and away, okay. you know. That, that, it's also worth pointing out, like, it, in British and I think also Australian TV, like, the way the ad breaks happen is... So, in an American TV show, it, it, it shocks British people when they first come to America how abruptly the advert... It's a great Tony Danza. We used to do that. Whereas, in the 80s, I can remember things like... Who's the boss? I'll be back in a moment. Stick around. Like, literally, that's a thing. That was a great Tony, Tony Danza. Danza. My God. For a second there, I thought I saw Judith Light standing yeah. behind you. But uh, yeah, in, in British and TV shows, there's like a, there's like a sort of mid-episode title card. Sorry, mid- British and Australian TV. Yeah. There's like a mid-episode title card that comes with a music sting. That's I mean, like a frac- that's a fraction of the theme music that now, plays over. Now that I say that, I don't think there was a title card, but there was definitely a musical sting. Right. And that would take you out to like a commercial break. But so, you have to be standing still during that sting. Yeah, because I was like, why are all the actors just like standing there? Like, you know, it, it's called uh, the name for it, which is smell the fart acting, which is where you're like, <laughs> you know, and you do that kind of like pensive sort of look. I mean, I got really good at that. <laughs> That's the precursor to the mannequin challenge, also kind of. What's the mannequin challenge? It, it was a fad. It came and went. I think last year. Is this like planking or some shit? It's sort of like planking. Right. Everyone stands still while someone else with a, a video running on their phone walks around the room, and it looks you know like a poor man's bullet time sort yeah. of thing. Like right, right, just right. like in some weird. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, still. yeah. I've seen one of those. It was a uh, very short lived. I would say planking probably outlasted mannequin challenge. What's the one that's? Is there one going around now? What's the latest? What are the, what are the kids doing? What are the kids doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are they huffing? What's the latest? <laughs> yeah. What's the latest street? Larry Jenkins. Or something like that. Jake, I was hoping you were going to say Jacob. That's my favorite yeah. fake drug Leroy, of all time. Leroy Jenkum. Well, it was just shit, right? That they were Jenkum was uh, fermented supposedly shit? fermented shit and he put shit and piss in a jar and it turns into a drug. Yeah. And uh, they got local news people to believe it was a drug and report on mm. kids huffing Jenkum. <laughs> I, I, have- I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, you I'm probably sure. probably get high in some way because oh. you're just so, like, knocked <laughs> yeah, out yeah. by the. Ferment. I don't know if it ferments if you leave it in a jar. But, no, uh, but yeah, it's disgusting. Let's <laughs> probably get back into some actual fumes. science. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, the, the daylight savings thing was leading into another interesting time-based story. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that one. I'm one interested second. by this. Yeah, this was sent in by. Can I just ask? Because people at home probably can't see this, but uh, you guys are sitting opposite each other on laptops. Are you looking at the same thing, or are you looking at different things? Are you We're looking at up? a shared Google document uh. in which we pasted a bunch of listener submitted stories. Are you writing things, things about me? I'm getting paranoid. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm like a... We're actually, aromas just, we're actually and... just playing battleships. <laughs> um, no, uh, we, we got the Google Doc, and then right. like, at the top of the Google Doc, yeah. I just make a little... I just keep a running note of what we've talked about for the okay. show notes. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is much more organized than Tofop, that's for sure. And yet somehow so totally disorganized. I don't know how we haven't pulled it together more in six, seven years. How long has it been? Story sent in by the same person. But I I, um, I didn't know this at all. I, there's so many things in this story that I didn't know. 
but Europe's clocks are losing time, and it's because of the power grid in Yugoslavia. <clears throat> so I, there's so many parts of this that I didn't know, but this is a squabble over the shared power grid between Serbia and Kosovo is to blame for continuous significant power deviations across most of Europe, causing certain types of cl- electric clocks to run up to six minutes slow. Wow. Which is according to the European Network of Transmission System Operators for Electricity, or ENSOE, as I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've got the tattoo. <laughs> oh, is that what that is? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture, isn't it? But I, I guess that's what it means, right? Yeah. Um, that's it doesn't the, specify how how much time over oh, is it over a day that they run. Six yeah, I want to know what's the how, what's the it, incremental. Well, here loss. we go. So it's the uh, the Br- E by the way is Brussels based. And it's the organization responsible for the whole continental grid. Also, the uh, hometown of Jean Claude Van Damme, I believe. Oh, yeah. Brussels from Brussels. Mm. It is. Um, so this is one part of the story that I did not know. Digital clocks, like the ones found in alarms, heaters, ovens, and microwaves, rely on the frequency of a power grid rather than quartz crystals to keep time. Hmm. So that's one thing I... Yeah, it just seems like that would be so much less reliable than a quartz crystal. Like, yeah, why would the would power have grid's thought, frequency yeah. have any obligation to stay exactly at I'd, 50 or 60 so hertz? You, it's only since I have no idea. Now, that, now that you're talking about it, I'm like, I've just taken clocks for granted my entire life. Yeah, I just assume I, well, they work. Every, every clock... Every clock needs of any sort needs something that. What's a quartz crystal, though? Tell me. I just looked that up on Wikipedia because I was okay. curious also. So that works because quartz is a piezoelectric material, which right. means that when it's subjected to mechanical stress, such as bending, it accumulates electrical charge. And there's a reverse effect where if a charge is placed across the plane, the quartz crystal will bend. So you can use that. Um, so piezoelectric is the same thing as like. You ever get those old style. Um, gas cooker lighters yeah. that, that you squeeze a thing and it makes a clicky noise mm-hmm. and that's piezoelectric current it's like it's got a type of material inside where when it comes under stress an electric charge is formed right. and then there's a circuit attached to it so it sparks right. I also use that for guitar pickups on acoustics not electrics uh, oh interesting yeah, yeah that makes sense right so um, but like many things it can uh, like the way a, a, a generator and a motor are just opposite versions of the same thing uh, like it's the same process in reverse or a speaker and a microphone are basically the same thing but in reverse mm. so the same happens with piezoelectricity if you put a current across it it sque- it, compre- it moves it either compresses or stretches Okay. so you put this current across a quartz crystal and it apparently moves at a specific amount a specific amount a specific amount of times right, per okay. minute right so you can and so can you control that to so it runs to whatever a, you know we consider regulated second to yeah like, so that's exactly yeah uh, and when quartz clocks became a thing they were at least an order of magnitude more accurate than mechanical clocks that preceded them so I just assumed that, that put a bunch was, of Swiss watchmakers out of work I hope yeah, yeah. but then you know other 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 methods of clocks use other things that just have re- anything that has a regular period of time right. so that's what like a pendulum clock for example a pendulum of a specific length swings. A, rate, a certain number of times every minute so you you calibrate it so it ticks once every second and then that's how it works or, or twice every second or whatever you need it to be for the yeah, mechanism right. um, and if you were curious most quartz watches uh, oscillate at 32,768 hertz I was curious yeah. thank you I can, <laughs> so, I'll sleep well tonight so there you go you then <laughs> you, you then know that that divided by 60 uh, is the number of time oscillations you need for each second yeah. when you're programming the no, watch that's what I was just going to say that <laughs> sure, yeah. so this I didn't realize this is one part of the story I did not realize a lot all these electric clocks work on this power grid so Europe like most of Africa and Asia has an 
has a 50 hertz alternating current. That means it goes up or down. The uh, period of oscillation of the current is one is 50 times a second. Um, it, for the United States, it's 60 hertz. So uh, same deal, but 60 oscillations is the equivalent of a second. Uh, but either way, um, even an infinitesimally minor deviation in this flow can add up. Mm. When power fluctuations left the European network's frequency to fall to 49.996 rather than 50 hertz in the middle of January, for example, it re- resulted in 113 gigawatt hours of lost energy. How far back in time could that send you, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> if it was gigawatts uh, instead gigawatts, of gigawatts. Yeah. <laughs> 131 is 1.21 gigawatts. Oh, 130 years. Well, no, going 30 years, so it'd be done with 30... Uh, so, uh, 300 years. 300 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, the disruption <laughs> has affected gigawatts. much of the continent as clocks in 25 countries have lost time, with the exception of the United Kingdom, the Nordic countries, and parts of the former Soviet Union, which are not as beholden to the continental grid. The problem began when a power plant in Kosovo, which seceded from Serbia in 2008, went down for repairs, diminishing the electrical supply. Serbia, despite a 2015 agreement to preserve the integrity of the European grid, refused to make up the difference. <laughs> Still, there are signs that this wrinkle in timekeeping will smooth over. Deviation stopped yesterday after Kosovo took some steps, but it'll take some time to get the system back to normal, said an ENSO spokeswoman, Susan Niels. So that when they discovered the problem, did they just skip the, the clocks forward by six minutes? Well, I don't know. Up? I guess you need... Yeah. And then it says the political row is far from over, however, given that Serbia, Serbia doesn't support Kosovo's independence. Uh, and then Niels, the spokeswoman for Enzo says, we will try to fix the technicalities, but the question of who will compensate for this loss has to be answered. It's so crazy to me because I don't, I can't imagine anybody really like relying on any device that isn't auto-correcting its time. You know, well, like a lot of devices are, I used to have an alarm clock is... that was tuned to the radio signal, which is tuned to an atomic clock, which is very accurate. But that was a nerdy young Matt, I'm sure. <laughs> nerdy uh, earlier adult. No, I actually had a nice. nerdy <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, would a nerdy guy have a Bart Simpson t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it was the coolest of all the characters on The Simpsons, which is an animated show that is actually pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, My I mom says nuts. I'm cool, <laughs> and she knows. Yeah, she's an adult, so... <laughs> you're the kind of guy who doesn't like people who have cows. You don't have cows yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the clocks Would were... a cool person have learnt the 75 times table so they could do better at the numbers game on Countdown? <laughs> so were the clocks six minutes behind or six minutes... They six minutes behind, weren't they? Yeah. Right. But also, yeah. So I guess pizza delivery services are in Serbia are just like high-fiving because they're getting an extra six minutes to deliver that piping <laughs> off pizza, that, that, right? That 30-minute cutoff yeah. thing. Did you guys ever... Did the Domino's 30 minutes are free make it over to the UK we had a We had a version of... I don't think it was I Domino's. I think so. I was just listening to a podcast that talked about that and I, f- I forgot what a short amount of time they kept that 30 minutes are free thing because it was so dangerous because it encouraged the drivers to be so reckless. Yeah, like I think yeah. it was like only a year and then it was like 30 minutes or... Four dollars off, and then they just got rid well, of all two. I, I, one of my um, uh, uh, rideshare drivers the other day was telling me that he gets bonuses for multiple pickups in an hour. Yeah, I've been I've been driving with a Lyft driver before, where Lyft? they were like, yeah. "Well, I think Lyft and Uber have similar policies, Policy, but right. 
he was like, I'm I'm three rides off hitting a weekly bonus, and if I hit this, then I get some. If I hit this of- and not a cyclist, then yeah, I get my bonus. I suppose do they, I'm guessing they don't have any way of like enforcing rules like they do for trucker unions, where like you have to sleep or do they? Do no, they they, they, they have started to do stuff like that, but then there's also nothing to stop you. People drive for more than one service. There's nothing to stop you from like yeah, just you hit on. your maximum number of hours in a day for Uber and you switch over to Lyft. I don't. It's I mean, I think very the, unregulated. The, the way they get around it is they are not a transport service they are a ride introduction service yes yeah, so they, they, they link yeah. a, a person who has a car to a person who needs but, a ride but they don't take responsibility but there have for been what various happens. cases in other countries that have tried to pin them down to actually admitting that they're taxis yeah i mean of course it's the dumbest of course yeah when they of first course started it like yeah. of course it's a taxi it's like you hut you're ordering a car to come to you that, that someone is then driving you in exchange for money and you are the service that yeah. is facilitating that process yeah, and that processing the, the money. That When Lyft started, it was like, no, I happen to be going this way, bro. Yeah. You want to go It's like Airbnb. It's, it's like, just yeah. I happen to be getting a few extra dollars on my home that only exists for Airbnb reasons that I bought exclusively for that. But I'm not, it's not a hotel. I'm not running a guest house. I just have a house that only contains guests. But, but that's why I don't have to pay any of the taxes or the laws that a hotel or guest house has to pay. I'm because I'm just I'm just I'm just utilizing my spare yeah. space a little bit when I'm not in it. My, did you guys and just getting the, a little bit of extra money for it? I'm not. Do you guys know about Couchsurfing.com? Did no. you ever avail yourself? I remember that. that. I know I, it. I've only done it once and hosted one person once, but I like the idea of it. Before Airbnb, it was just like a thing like you could open your house to world travelers yeah. who need a place to stay and everybody's vet what like could go wrong right I mean I, I didn't have any bad experience but like it was pre-social networks but still you were like vetted with it it was thing. pre-social networks I mean pre it was oh my god how many people went missing because of but, but there was also I mean, like, like a review process like, as well like you sort of right. you gave people ratings yeah, like, if somebody yeah. had been a dick they wouldn't have been able to continue using it but I forgot to discontinue mine so like once every few months I'll get an email from someone asking and they get, I'm like dude Airbnb exists now yeah. like, you can't just do this anymore I should just discontinue my account uh-huh. but. was it a big deal for you when pizza delivery started like, do you remember that? Because pro- I, I only, re- I I'm only remember. asking that because I feel like it's always been around. Two days ago, Jim I think Domino's in- invented it, didn't they? Yeah, and and Pitch Jim, delivery. Jim Jeffries was talking in the office two days ago about the, how big a deal it was for him when Domino's finally came to town, to the extent that they ordered a pizza and like waited, looking out the window <laughs> for this guy to arrive <laughs> oh that's so strange it's kind of like the uh, uh, what do they call it not Mandela effect I, I feel like it's, when I think about like it's pizza always it's always been there yeah uh, I, well, I, I guess which I, town did you I grow up just... in in Melbourne uh, he's from Perth right he was, I think, no he's from Sydney but then lived in Perth for a while so maybe it hit Melbourne Perth first Perth 15 years later like I yeah. said <laughs> So I can just straight up plug this podcast I was listening to. It's called Omnibus with uh, Ken Jennings, who was the longtime Jeopardy champion, and uh, John Roderick. And they had an episode about the Noid, which was this weird claymation character used to, pr- to promote Domino's in the 80s. Like, it made no sense. It, mm. was a, it was a thing that wanted to destroy your pizza, and you would avoid the Noid by calling Domino's. But there was no, no clear reason why Domino's was helping you. <laughs> it's a straw. Was this. it a straw man it argument? This, yeah, it was <laughs> really strange. Noid? And it was the same animation company that made the California Raisins, which it turns right. out out was also a huge financial failure as it came so, uh, uh, the California reasons. Yeah, yeah, so that was the claymation, right? And that company became Leica, who did um, Coraline and Kubo oh, the Two right. Strings, because it's an Oregon-based thing, and Phil Knight's son is an animator, so Phil Knight bought out Will Vinton, put his son in place. Anyway, but I grew up in the town where Domino's started and where the right. headquarters are, so I didn't know that the Noid was a creation of some like advertising company in my hometown of Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
But um, yeah, Tom Monahan was the weird like Montgomery Burns of Ann Arbor who had this giant building that had the world record for the longest building with a copper topped roof or something. It was like a mile long building wow. outside of town. And there was this prototype of a tower he wanted to build that was going to be 60 stories, but this was just like a 30 foot thing and it was leaning. It was going to be this, like a <laughs> little leaning tower pizza. So uh, you know what? I'm back on. I think that's great. I mean, you should look up Domino's <laughs> Love Farms. It's, there was a time when he really had crazy ambitions. He might have actually left Domino's and done the thing he wanted to do, which is start this ultra Christian, ultra conservative community in Florida. Right. Like I think he has his own town that he started in right. Florida. He started his own ultra conservative Christian law school, which is a bizarre thing to do. And what, uh, what's Christian law? I don't know. Yeah, there's a, but there's like a weird like ultra Catholic law school, and uh, wow. but he also had a petting zoo adjacent to the farm, which is an important part of being an Ann Arbor kid, getting to go to Domino's Farms and pet the... And you weren't quite sure, are, these, that are these the, the cows that, are put on the pizza? Right, yeah. yes, but he, or at least are these things milked for the cheese? And then every oh, year at Christmas, they'd have a giant light thing because he was so so Christian, which was really cool. Like, you could just drive through this thing for free that was, like, set up across the whole Domino's campus. But, um, yeah, listen to Omnibus with Ken Jennings and John Roderick and the Noid episode if you want to hear more about the weird history of Domino's and inventing pizza delivery. Domino's isn't big, isn't that big in Australia, I've, I've got to say. Like, I think uh, pizza... Because Australia generally has good food. Uh, no, we've Is got, it known we're, for good food? We've got, yeah, we've got great food. Oh, I don't know. I that. mean, we're an island surrounded by, like, fresh water and, you know, we've got great produce. It's, the food in Australia is really great. But we have junk food. We have lots of junk food. In the UK, I'm surprised. Well, definitely in Scotland, I haven't seen... It's like they ban McDonald's or something. You get, like, a few McDonald's in the cities, but you... Like in... Oh, a, England definitely has lots of McDonald's, but not maybe... Not Scotland. Well, like, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And, in the big cities. Yeah. But once you get... Like, in Australia, once you get out of the cities and you drive, like, you know, through country towns, there's a McDonald's, like, every, you know, feels. Like, really? Yeah, there's lots of McDonald's and KFCs and stuff on those long highways. But you guys have like some different weird menu stuff sometimes, right? Other countries no, put some better I mean, things uh, on. We have the same junk food you do, like burgers and pizzas and stuff. The only Australian cuisine is meat pie. Like a meat pie is very popular. Which is like a... Um, Mince a meat and gravy turnover. In, a, in a pastry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of like our contribution to world cuisine. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I love them. I love them. Yeah, those are great. I think that's also um, a Michigan thing because of its um, Polish. Uh, they call them pasties for some reason. Pasties are pasty. Sorry. Pasty. Yeah. Pasties, pasties are put in your nipples. Like, is yeah. it boobs or is it meat? It's, well, it's, it's either way. No, but, I think uh, pasties are different because pasties tend to be that sometimes they're vegetarian, sometimes they're mints, but they have a lot of like cabbage and potato and carrot and stuff, whereas the okay. pie is literally, it's just about the just meat, meat. Meat and gravy. And I think they've done like... Studies on like the four and twenty is the most popular brand. It's like when you go to the football, that's what you, you know, okay. what you'll eat. And they've done analysis of what is in that, and it's like twenty percent meat product. <laughs> Everything else is just sawdust. It's like craft sli- slices can't call itself cheese. It's like it's like cheese food. Oh, is that right? Processed cheese food. I which didn't is know different that. From saying that did it's you, cheese. Did you ever hear that story about a cheeseburger, McDonald's cheeseburger, that they have to put the pickle in it to stop it being classified as confectionery? Have you ever that, heard that? that feels it's, like it's been snoped. I, right, Snoped. yeah, that, that feels like urban legendy, but I like it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just because of the high content of the sugar corn yeah. syrup, or whatever. Yeah. Hey, yeah. while we're, while we're on a snopesy subject, because yeah. loads of people sent in the story um, over the last week and a bit oh. of the the NASA twins, Scott Kelly, ah, and so yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all that it seems. No, nope, oh, really. Uh, a f- couple of people, including I know Justin Broad was one of them, who sent in the. At least slight clarification, if not full 
uh, contradiction. So the original the original story that was going around was that space. So if you haven't seen that any of the story, there's there's two identical twins who both both are astronauts, both work for NASA. Uh, Mark and Scott Kelly, but Scott went to space for a, quite a long time. He was up in the International Space Station for I months. A year, wasn't it? I think it was around a year. Yeah. I I'll see if it says so specifically um, in this article. But the uh, the the uh, the articles going around based on the slight misreading of a NASA fairly ambiguous press release said right. that his um, comparing his DNA to his identical twin brother showed that it was. 7% different his DNA after spending a year on space, which is a huge story. Like, in general, it's really useful to have identical twins, one in space, one not in space, for all sorts of reasons. But, um, you can see just, in this picture... And also just to be cruel on birthdays as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can also see in this picture one of the big changes is that one of them has a moustache and the other one doesn't. Yeah. I was going to say, so, the space yeah. creator to go It's kind of like when David Hasselhoff in Knight Rider played his own evil twin where he right. just had a moustache. And that's that's the thing. Space makes you either evil or not evil, depending on which yeah. one's which Oh, it picture. just switches whichever one you started as. Yeah. Right. Oh, interesting. Have you ever seen there's a, a, a Jean-Claude, because we just because we brought him up before, he did a, um, uh, a movie where he played his own twin called Double Impact. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is amazing when you watch that film, seeing him try to remember which twin he's playing. <laughs> like one's born on the streets of like Hong Kong, and the other one's like a slick LA cop, even though they've both got these Belgian. Accents. I remember liking that movie a lot. And you watch and it, I, and just like, wrong? oh, he's forgotten which character he's playing. <laughs> he's forgotten which brother it is. <laughs> that's, that's a lot to put on Jean Claude Van Damme's shoulders. Yeah. I think. Yeah, like you can be the kind of actor who keeps track of which character you are, <laughs> or you can be the kind of actor who can do the splits between two chairs. Yeah. <laughs> there is, a, uh, we've talked about it on Tofop, there is an ad campaign in Australia for like a, I think it's called a Lubibil, or it's like a, a, they come and fix your car when it breaks down. Mm-hmm. And it is the cheapest fucking ad, and they <laughs> are pandering to the lowest common denominator where you get these two kind of like glamour model type women, their car breaks down. And in this ad, like this, they play this like you know, at like six o'clock at night when kids are watching TV. So these girls, they go to their car, it's broken down, and then this gang arrives, gang of men, and there is a very clear rape threat in like <laughs> in in this situation. And then Jean Claude Van Damme turns up for no reason, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's going to be a fight. And then it turns out the gang just want to get their selfies with Jean Claude Van Damme, and he does the splits and does the high kick and stuff. And then at the very end, he does his, like, uh, they cut to him on his own in front of a green screen where he's saying, like, you know, automobile or lumobile, you know, will always help you out in a jam or whatever it is. But clearly, he was so drunk or high or whatever when they shot it that they couldn't use the audio. And so he's had to re-record his audio. But he's done it in the most, like, monotone. No, no, no. You know, (laughs) next time your cousin. So, but... The vision is him like twisting and turning and yeah. like hamming it up, but the voice does not match at all. Will and I were obsessed with this commercial. We did, I think, an entire episode about it because it just made us laugh so much. There's so much going on in it. How recent so was wrong. it again? Last year. Because this is suddenly we've reached a time when Jean Claude Van Damme is maybe too self aware and too in on the joke. He's, yeah. done, he's done too many like because he did the that one world. film. He did JCVD, and then yeah. there's a new Amazon show he's doing where he's right. basically playing himself. I think I right. haven't seen it yet. Maybe that's his. That he's, he realizes that's his meal ticket now. Is like yeah. I will every film I know I'm me. I once played Twin Brothers where I couldn't remember <laughs> right. who I was. <laughs> so from now on, I'm always aware me. that I'm Jean Claude Van Damme. And then that commercial for the uh, <laughs> for the truck for some kind of car company where he was doing the splits between two driving oh, trucks. <laughs> 
That was like three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah. See, the, well, the budget of that one, that was like a Super Bowl spot or something. Yeah, this is the cheapest. This looks like it was shot on an iPhone. So it's so take. bad. So, so JCVD is gettable. Yeah, we, I think so. You can probably get him on this podcast. podcast. Definitely. Does he also have a surprising like chemical engineering degree? Is that just Dolph no, Lundgren? No, that's Dolph. Oh, you know Dolph Lundgren lives above Will. What? What? We've been I, trying to get him on forever. Holy shit. So, I didn't know that. Will, when I started staying at Will's place, he was like giving the lowdown about his apartment building. He's like, oh yeah, and I think Dolph Lundgren might live there as well. And I was like, what? And he's going, well, I've never seen him, but people who stay there tell me that they see this big like blonde Swedish looking dude. So I was like, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So I went to the, <laughs> uh, the security um, gate and, you know, you can punch in the, the name of the person you're looking for. So I just scrolled through and there's like Lundgren, comma, D. What? So I'm like, well, how many Lundgren Ds are there? And so I kept an eye out and I was at the gym one day. He's got a gym on the top floor and who walks in but bloody Dolph Lundgren himself, Ivan Drago. Holy shit. And I presume like you, like he went for all the high tech machines while you were just hitting like- I was in the snow. Like, yeah. yeah, lifting logs and shit. There were scientists with clipboards standing next but to I him. But I gotta say and like- And injecting him, like injecting <laughs> with all sorts while you were just like chasing farm animals. Well, and- well it became great content for Tofop because I would update everyone each week on like Dolph spotting and then Will and I were trying to kind of like plan well how do we because we want to get him on our show how do we do this and so we hatched this plan <laughs> where it's like well you can't just go up to him and just say hey Ivan Drago because he gets that fucking all the time right. or expendables or whatever it is you got to go a bit deeper and it just so happens that I'd watched a TED talk that he had done about meditation uh, yes yes yeah. yeah yeah so next time I was at the gym he came in and that the other thing about Dolph and his workout is that um, when he finishes his workout, he goes out into the patio area and he starts doing like this karate, you know, like, you know, so it's like the 12 year old me is like, oh my God, I've seen this movie where Dolph's out on the patio, like doing all his like Kung Fu kind of stuff. So he comes back in and we'd introduced ourselves. Hi, Charlie, I'm Dolph and then out. And then on the way out, I pretended like I was like, oh, it just occurred to me. I was like, hey, I think I saw a, a TED talk that you've done. <laughs> And I tell you, it fucking worked. He was so kind of pleased that someone had brought up something either then. That he gave a fuck about rather yeah. than just like, you know when you were punching Sylvester <laughs> <Right>. Stallone? <laughs> so I remember I was talking to my manager. Did you feel bad that you killed his friends? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my manager about it and I was saying like, he, like, he's, like he still looks great. He's in great shape. Yeah, yeah. And obviously he's like a very really smart guy. And I was like, I feel like Tarantino or someone is going to yeah. Is going to well, give we want him on our show because he was it, he abandoned a science PhD yeah. to he, the, he was a Fulbright scholar studying in over, Sydney. He came over here to, as a Fulbright scholar to study at MIT, and then he started hanging out with Grace Jones and well, going to do. He, did, so he went to MIT yeah. here, then he went to Sydney, and he's he's doing oh, another oh. degree, and he's working as a bouncer. And Grace Jones came to the nightclub after performing a show in Sydney, and that's, that's how where they met. They yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because but now he's because I remember saying to my manager like someone's going to kind of give him a comeback and my manager's like no don't fall in it's over for him and then like two weeks later he sends me an article he's been cast in Aquaman he's in the new Warner Brothers oh, shit yeah Aquaman film great As um, I wonder if it's going to be kind of like um, I mean he, he, he's not I don't want to compare him to Mickey Rourke at all but like uh, you know Mickey Rourke's surprising yeah in, in roles you wouldn't expect in the what was the first oh the wrestler the and wrestler he also got Iron but Mickey, Man 3 but I think, but I think Mickey Rourke was, was like an actor who had credibility like he started as like a you know like a, a proper actor, actor and then actor. he went off the chain and then he came back. Dolph Lundgren was never really started as an actor. He was just that big blonde bodybuilder type dude, and he's slowly sort of like. And look, 
I'm not a great actor, but the longer you do it, you do get better. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a 10,000 hours kind of technique. I mean, I just saw the, the Jumanji movie with The Rock, and The Rock's fucking hilarious. Is that, that <laughs> he, film? He figured out how to do it. I went and, I saw the trailer for that film, and I was like, I think I'm going to really like this. Like, I felt embarrassed to I tell anyone. I still haven't seen it. But uh, is it good? It's good. I'm not just, I, we mentioned this last week because two past guests of the show were on, Reese Darby right. and Karen Gillan. But, like, it's really fun. And there's a bunch of big laughs. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I was really surprised. I mean, when you read what the premise was, you're like, this makes no sense. But then I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, they've actually made it work. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think when you embrace the ridiculousness of a concept, yeah. that's when it can work. It's, I mean, it's, it's high concept, but then within that world, they, it's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. So, Sorry. several stories this week have proclaimed that the DNA of former <laughs> oh, NASA astronaut Scott Kelly... About. You said derail. <laughs> yes. ...during his derail. year on the International Space Station changed. Um... The stories say that 7% of his genes did not return back to normal when he came back to Earth. It makes it seem as if the space environment permanently altered his genetic code. Yeah. It's like That's, the start of every sci-fi film. Yeah, the problem? Not true. The oh. mistake stems from an inaccurate interpretation of NASA's <laughs> ongoing twin study. When Scott went to space in 2015, his identical twin Mark, also a NASA astronaut, stayed on the ground. The idea was that Mark would serve as a control subject, a nearly identical genetic copy that NASA could use to figure out how the space environment changed Scott's body. Great, great thinking, great science. Some fascinating results have come out of the experiment. For one thing, Scott's gut bacteria changed significantly while he was in space. And yes, he did experience genetic changes. Um, the protective caps on the end of his DNA strands, and I always mispronounce this word. Uh, is it not telomeres? It is telomeres. Oh. I'm never sure it's telomeres, tel- telomeres. Uh, tell him is he get all French for a second there? Tell him is. Tell him is. Tell him is. The protective caps these uh, tell him is increased while in space, but space didn't permanently alter seven percent of his DNA. A person's DNA is their body's genetic code, the patterns and sequences of genes that make up the blueprint of the body. When a person's DNA is altered, that means the patterns of genes in their body cells have been rearranged in some way. Perhaps some genes swap with another, parts of the genetic code are removed, or new parts are added to a DNA sequence. External forces like ultraviolet radiation from the sun or smoke from cigarettes can cause DNA mutations. Mm. Now, the twin study did find that Scott and Mark had hundreds of unique mutations in their genome, and some of those changes were found after Scott back, got back to Earth, according to NASA. Bits of DNA were found circulating freely in his blood. The space agency thinks this might have been caused by the stresses of space travel, or it could have happened before he went into space. NASA just didn't catch it until later. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Even so, mutations in DNA aren't that weird. Mutations occur all the time as people get older, says Dan Alking, as associate professor of medicine at Johns Hopkins, who didn't work on the study. What's causing the ruckus, though, is that NASA found a shift in the way Scott's genes were expressed. That's an entirely different thing than seeing a change in a person's DNA. Gene expression refers to how active a particular piece of DNA is. DNA produces little tiny messengers of information known as mRNA, which cells use to make proteins that carry out all of your body's basic functions. Gene expression refers to how much mRNA a gene produces. So the DNA stays the same, it's just behaving differently. Right. Scientists studying Scott found that much of his gene expression changed while in space, and about seventy and about ninety-three percent of his expression levels went back to normal when he got home. However, seven percent of his genes related to the immune system, uh, DNA repair, bone formation, and more. Uh, sorry, seven percent of the genes related to the immune system, DNA repair, bone formation, and more, were still a little out of whack when he returned. These genes are referred to as the space genes, according to NASA. That's still a cool result. 
but it doesn't mean his genetic code is significantly different. To have 7% of his gene expression changed after the spaceflight does not mean that 7% of the DNA changed or that those changes were due necessarily to mutations, says a geneticist called Nicole Holm, who also didn't work on the study. I mean, the thing about it too is it's, like, for the layman, it's not as exciting to say 7%. Like, if he'd come back from outer space and suddenly had the head of an elephant, like, that would be exciting. Yeah. Well, it feels like if 7% of your actual DNA changes, that's oh, that's a lot of you to change, right? Right, I guess, I guess. But then again, I know there's also so much like junk DNA that I don't... I yeah. mean, this is not... There's junk DNA? There's tons of junk DNA. Although, so although still is people that, are debating... Debated? Yeah, I think oh, still okay. people are debating right. whether it's... <laughs> Whether it actually is junk or whether it has other purposes. Well, yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of junk DNA. If you know what I'm trunk, talking about in the trunk DNA. <laughs> yeah. um, change it. You so- want to say my junk DNA? <laughs> so is gene expression? Uh- <laughs> it's still intertwined with. It's a helix. No one wants to see your weird helix. No. That's, uh- <laughs> so j- changes to gene expression are not that surprising. They happen all the time, even on Earth. It's a basic response to a person's environment. If you put them in a stressful and different environment, they're going to have gene expression changes. So if you live at high altitude for a while, you'll see gene um, expression differences that have more red blood cells in your bloodstream, for example. That's because the lack of oxygen will affect your genes expression. Mm. I think basically everyone wanted this story to be the real life Fantastic Four. That they'd flown through yeah. cosmic rays and one of them came back a rock monster. That's what we wanted. One came back flexible and decided to call himself Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... That's, so, what he, that's what he did. He got back home and said to his twin brother, I want you to call me Mr. Fantastic from now on. Mate, like 7%, even, uh, even that was true, I wouldn't call you Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> so the confusion comes from both the wording of the NASA press release is a little bit unclear, and then both Scott and Mark tweeted out the story saying that they're no longer identical twins. But that ain't true. Mm. The two are very much still identical twins, says Holm. They possessed different mutations before and after the flight, and Scott experienced different changes in his RNA, not DNA but their DNA is still nearly identical and much more similar to each other than to any other person on Earth or in space. As oh, far as we know. That's fair. It's a little presumptuous, but the space twins, that who knows with the universe as vast as it is if there could be a third Kelly Yeah. Twin, just randomly in a different galaxy. Yeah. Multiverse, infinite versions right? of themselves. Yeah. Every kind of facial hair configuration on those <laughs> But all bald for some reason. All bald, yeah. Oh, space did be? not make them grow their hair back. <laughs> Thank you, everyone who sent in those stories, if though. If space grew your hair back, how soon do you think SpaceX would be sending civilians up there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Much faster. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Back to the Future reminded me, did you know that this isn't SpaceX-related, but Google-related? Well, while you're looking that up, I've got some donors to thank, because oh, we've okay. got quite a sure. few donations that came in. That We've got some week, some monthly recurring donations to thank from Peter Long, David Worth's Destruction Lane, Sean Gordon, Kate Birch, Mark Williams, Caroline Laco, thank you. One uh, of those, John oh, sorry, just sorry, one of those things really stood out. <laughs> like uh, Caroline Laco. Caroline Laco, yeah. yeah. Weird. Weird name. It's right? a weird yeah, name. Who what kind of name is Laco? <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Waltz, Robert Condon, Lindsay Bacon, thank you, all of you. Uh you're you're thinking of uh, Destruction Lane of the New Hampshire Lanes? Yes. <laughs> Nathan Lane's brother, right? Destruction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting Destruction Lane's real name, but it was... The the story was the PayPal account was signed up to some kind of business account. Yeah. And so it came through as that the first time, and then we've just... There's another person who has two names like that, and one of yeah. them is a business... I forgot which one. There's also a couple of uh, one-off donations. Thank you, Cody Borge. 
Thank you, uh, Thomas Rauhofer uh, and Tobias Watzak. That's a two-person donation. Both names hard to say, as as, the, as Thomas put it. Um, what I like about this... I hope this I got vaguely close. Is this is like just a passive-aggressive way of guilting people who haven't donated. Oh, totally. And That's also fantastic. big thank you to gonna, Sheila... I think, I think I'm going to adopt this. Do it. It's not, yeah. And Sheila Carty as well, a very generous one-off donation. Thank you, all of you. Yeah, all of those people went to probablyscience.com, our Squarespace Power website, and clicked on the donation button. Uh, and by uh, the way, if you want to set up a new website for yourself and go to squarespace.com, you can use the code probably science and give yourself, um, I believe it's a free 30 day trial. If I'm I not believe mistaken. so. And also, uh, I think a little bit seamlessly integrated into oh, the show. I'm just right? like, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, we very much appreciate our donors. Those people who are not able to donate for whatever reason are also able to help us out by writing nice things about us on iTunes, giving us good five star reviews, writing other reviews on your podcast listener of choice and also tweeting and facebooking about our show that really does help yes indeed we do appreciate that facebooking that's the verb although uh, i think so let's yeah let's get into that first this isn't sciencey but are you you debating getting off facebook because i'm real close i'm real close uh i don't know i mean shit i don't well i don't think my data could be like Go for it. I don't mind. <laughs> like, target me. Target me with I mean, some, I, some I, propaganda. I, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not even that's as much as like quality of life for me. But yeah, like, it's partly for I me. I have got rid of it from my phone finally. I've deleted yeah. the app on my phone. I did that I, once, then I just downloaded it again because I can. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's also true. But the um, the other thing, uh, I'm debating getting off it just be- not not to protect my data because I know because that's already out there it's already been taken it's already oh, yeah. it's already possessed by and I'm not just Facebook other... but thousands of third person party apps that have shared my data around so that's mm. that horse has bolted but I'm at least scaling back on my use uh, to at least in some way financially penalize Facebook even if it's by just the tiniest amount I've also removed permissions from all the third party apps and I've got rid of Facebook platform permissions permissions oh sorry sorry yeah. you you can uh like you can go through the app settings and you can you can uncheck the thing that lets other people who are using apps to then access your data because right. you're friends with them um and you can also remove Facebook platform I've done that and I've deleted all but like the four apps that I need to you need to have linked to Facebook if you mm. want to come around and do that for me I'll give you my phone now great but I, yeah. just, I can't be bothered like you know what I just I mean I understand it's if it bad. doesn't if it doesn't impact your life negatively I did do, I deleted I, I, about, yeah, I deleted I, Facebook I off my phone for about a year but then with the two podcasts that Will and I do literally where most of our listeners go to discuss the show and you is know Facebook. is Facebook and we have a website, and no one goes to the website. Yeah. We tried to we tried to encourage people to go to the website, but Facebook seems to be the easiest option for everyone. And also, as part of like you know the sponsors we have for our show, like they want Facebook posts and they want Twitter posts, and so we're kind of like contractually bound. That's the thing. That's how they get you. Yeah. If I had a more regular job, I'd tell myself that I would quit in a heartbeat. But it's like, well, I also have to be like available if someone's looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. To be honest, I just use it for work. Like, I don't really spend much time browsing Facebook. I actually hate a lot of my friends because of Facebook the shit they post I get really sick of people who use their Facebook status update to declare like you know either some you know they're over dating and this is why or you know they're sick of this or or, it's just it's I just I don't want soapboxes every time I go on social I'll go to Twitter for that kind of random (laughs) bullshit but there's just I, I for me it's just it's 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 email with a bunch of shit I don't need because no one emails anymore. It's all Facebook messages right, right. and Facebook posts and stuff. Man, okay, I guess I'm not quitting it for now. But uh, you might have heard Tesla and SpaceX both deleted their Facebook Did presences. They? Elon Musk was like, "We're out." Yeah, right. 
Um, and then you also might have heard that Uber's self-driving car just had their first yeah. pedestrian casualty, which is really too bad. And yeah. we, we've talked about this on the show before. Mm. How the the first now I I have no love for Uber as well. I think they're a shitty unethical company. But how, we talked on the show about how the first few accidents, every time there's an accident caused by a self-driving car, it's going to be seen as a negation of the whole concept of self-driving cars. When in fact statistically right. I know where you're going yeah driving is one of the least safe things that we as a human race do like so many driving's one has the one of the highest fatality rates of any ac- human activity um but even if like regular like human dri- driven cars cause say 10,000 deaths in a certain region within a certain time period and then automatic self robo driven cars cause a hundred deaths. They that will still be seen as like this robot killed this Kill, human, yeah, as opposed to like this robot Look at saved this goddamn robot apologist, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing. Like statistically, you're talking about ninety nine percent of these lives being out of his shirt. Are there or, some ninety nine point nine percent of lives being saved by this far statistically safer form of transport? But still, the optics of just a single but death is going to look so much except worse. Except it didn't before. And this was surprising when there was the death of the person using a Tesla on autopilot mode, which is not actually full-on autonomous, but just lets you... And they say you're still supposed to be looking at the road. Well, he well, was he, reading a newspaper or something. But here's, here's the big difference I know, in that. the pedestrian versus the driver. Yeah, the, in, saying, in one case, it was the person responsible for the person inside the car whose who car it was who died. Yes, in the other case, it was like... A, this is what, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, everyone thought the first death of any kind was going to just set this whole thing back. Mm. But then, like, the Tesla thing did not even slow when that guy died. Everyone's nah. like, it's too bad. Last but now the pedestrian is. dies, and this actually is stopping research. So, like, Uber is halting their autonomous driving who gets, research. Who is... I mean, they're, they're going to have to pay out a massive loss, yeah. you'd imagine, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, also, the, the human... Because they, they still don't send out these cars without a human actually inside the car. But the footage... They showed the footage uh, from yeah. inside the car, she and the person who was meant to be... Down. Yeah, was, like, looking away from the road at the moment of the accident, and you see... You see the sudden horrified look up just in that oh, second. It's, it's not nice. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You can look at both angles on the accident if you want to. Um, but well, anyway. they, I mean, they cut it off before the worst of you don't get to see. Well, like, it's not a snuff the, footage, you, but it's, like, guys, it's not nice. Have you guys talked on this show, I'm, I'm assuming you have, about Boston Dynamics? Like these videos they keep posting of oh, like Pacor yeah, like, <laughs> performing robots. Robots can backflip and fucking open doors and shit. Like, the opening doors one is the creepiest one I've seen so far. <laughs> the backflipping robot. Yeah, I mean, you didn't, you didn't what, see the one where they. Uh, in what practical application does that have for a robot to do a backflip? You didn't see the one where where they where like one of the robots like snuck out of their room, but before they did, they put like some books and stuff and pillows underneath the bed and covered it with a sheet, so it looked <laughs> <laughs> looked like they were still there. Because that was the creepiest for me. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that, was ha- the, that was the teenage robot, right? Yeah, he was and they had like a tape recorder of themselves school. that was yeah. playing like like robot sleep sounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That would be triggered every time you open the door because it was on a string. Did you know yeah. what's saddest about that is the robot who played the robot principal and that ended up molesting younger robots. Oh, in real yeah. robot life. Yeah, no, a yeah, couple of toasters, true, I believe. Yeah, 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 real young toasters. It was a shame. Uh, <laughs> Robo pedophiles. <Yeah. laughs> okay, but anyway, um, uh, I guess in cheerier news, maybe. Uh, so we're doing less autonomous driving research, but uh, Google guru Larry Page is testing out flying taxis in New Zealand. So there we got that going for us. Um, there was at South by Southwest. I saw there was a concept debuted for a hover rig. Did you see that? No. So it's like a harness you put on yourself, and it 
doesn't it doesn't um, give you permanent sort of like flight, but it ena- enables you to like moon hop. Like it, it, oh, cool. So cool. it's got little drone propellers on either side. It's a little harness. They don't have a working prototype yet, but they debuted the concept over the 3D um, animation. And it looks great. But you, have, you have helicopter propellers above you? Yeah. So it's, imagine like putting on like a, like a backpack harness. And so either side of you, so in, uh, and you've got two kind of crescent-shaped things on either side of your shoulders, and they have those little drone propellers. Okay. And so you oh, okay, operate okay. it. And so when you jump... They 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 lengthen the they they lengthen your your leap as if you know it's it, there's there's less gravity. It looks That's, so great, but guaranteed there is going to be so many like broken legs oh, and yeah. sternums and coccyx. I mean, yeah, I mean, I there are jetpacks now. Like jetpacks have existed for a while, and then just last year someone put out this video, or maybe it was two years ago now. Maybe it was even three. It was twenty fifteen. Well, oh you were God. researching it for how to build yeah in mm. late 2015 um, there's a video you can see of someone using an actual jetpack flying around um, the Statue of Liberty at like 100 feet off the ground and the technology is there it's just like even though we have jets that size that you can get off the ground with it's still just crazy dangerous yeah. it's never not going to be crazy dangerous and it's so low you can't deploy a parachute if something goes wrong you're just going to hit the ground hard so even all the test footage is always over water so right. it's like I don't know what the future is going to hold for that if it'll ever be a thing that would be reasonable well I'm kind of glad I feel like I'm you know I'm 40 now and so I feel like I will be too old to be tempted to try (laughs) any of these like airborne transports it's like nah I don't know wait till you hit 45 (laughs) (laughs) look at me kids I have my my midlife crisis I got a younger girlfriend and my hovercraft I mean, well, once they can offload our consciousness pack. into a robot body, I'll hang out in that robot body and do whatever until that thing dies, and you put me back into my meat suit. You know, <laughs> like seriously, I want to make it to that. That's what you're gonna free. You're gonna, you're gonna free jacket. Just yeah, get injected for a younger man. <laughs> ready, Ready Player One slash free jacket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, free jacket. That was a fun movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Or was it was it bad? Then I'm just misremembering. That's no, terrible. It's an oh, awful. I, I think I liked it a lot when <laughs> it came. That's out. A, I brought it up. Mick Jagger, an ironic kind of reference. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Charlie. Yes. I. Uh, where can our listeners find out about you and everything you do? Uh, well, I am on Twitter at cx Clawson. Um, you can listen to my podcast Tofop. Uh, just go to tofop.com. That has all the podcasts that Will and I do together. Um, and yeah, that's. I don't have anything to plug at the moment. Um, I did do a series last year that actually, no, it's in the UK. If you have UK listeners, Wolf Creek Series 2. Oh, yeah. We is, definitely have UK listeners. Uh, is, a, is is debuting uh, next month, I believe. I can't remember what channel it's on. Or anything is that how all Australians say debut? Debut. I didn't know if you were... Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was do you, regional do you or... Do you it? I, I you it, yeah. Yeah. Debu- debut. Debut? Maybe it's just me. Debut. Oh, it's it, and then Wolf Creek is based on the horror movie. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, watch That's me get chased movie. around yeah. the outback by a psychopath. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that what's it? Do you know what channel it's on in the UK? Uh, I can look. According it up. to Wikipedia, it is on. Um, um, I can find it. I, I don't know why I can't. It's a race. Find this Everyone is on their device. On, <laughs> you can't see this right now. It's, it's a on race. Fox TV, which I didn't know is a UK TV na- oh, channel now. That. Right. When is it coming out? Ooh, I, um, oh, I. Oh yeah, not so good now. I. Oh, no. I'm back in the race. Yeah, back in. Uh, what do we got? Come on! Here we go! Here we go! Who's gonna be? There? Who's gonna go? Who's gonna get that? Wolf Creek series uh, set uh, April, April, April third, April third at ten p.m. There you go. That's good. It actually is good. That's I don't, coming up I, very soon. That's I, I, pretty. I, I don't often say that stuff I'm involved in, but this this is a good series. If you like the if you like the Wolf Creek uh, series, you you will like this one. Awesome. Do it. Check that out. Uh, you can find us in, at 
uh, at Probably Science. You can tweet at us. You can send us questions, comments, and clarifications by that or by emailing us, probablyscience at gmail.com. Also, keep sending those great stories in. Got a whole load currently in the bank that we haven't, didn't get a chance to get to on this episode, but we might try and squeeze another one in this week. Yep. Oh, uh, and uh, RIP Stephen Hawking, obviously. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. We didn't even Devin, get a chance to talk yes, about that, yeah. Um, so. You do one TV show that I'm on and done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's a shitty way to end the show, but yeah, a great, a great mind. And um, uh, God damn it, how do I end the show now? And an even better comedian. He's <laughs> a great comic actor. He was a what? He was on loads of comedy shows. He was on The Simpsons. Was he? he was on oh, Big Bang right. Theory. I, I mean, but we don't know he actually was on The Simpsons, do we? Oh, I do because Dana Gould was talking about it, and apparently. Uh, he I, he was telling the story at some panel thing that he like he came he because he's a huge Simpsons fan mm. so he showed up to all the things he showed up to the table read yeah. and like you know to the rehearsals yeah, and right. like you know it's the same performance every time there's no <laughs> necessarily reason to <laughs> keep going <laughs> like it's, you don't really you're not going to give Stephen Hawking a line reading are you, you? could exactly you could email <laughs> it in but, with, yeah. but no he kept he kept showing up he loved being there he yeah. was uh. And apparently he showed up to other table reads as well, like just like the next few weeks as well, just because he could. And you have, awesome. You're like, oh, it's a little odd, but fucking Stephen Hawking's Stephen there. Hawking. Yeah. I would do the same. Yeah. Um, so yeah, RIP Stephen Hawking. Still like f- half a century longer than you were meant to last. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well Good done. Work. Which Good is work. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, RFP Stephen Hawking. Follow us on Twitter. I don't know how you segue from those I, two. I shouldn't have brought it up at the end of the show. We should have uh, saved it for time. Oh, go and see <laughs> Guilty Treasures because that's this Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. This is coming up before that. Um, We've got some LA listeners. Sunday, March 25th. Come to three clubs on Vine Street in Hollywood at 8 o'clock to see Brian Cook and myself do a bunch of bad songs that people still like. Uh, we have Steve Agee, Phoebe Bottoms, Chris Fairbanks. Um, and Hampton Yunt doing all past guests of the show. <laughs> yeah, really, bad. Hampton's doing a Lincoln Park song. It's god awful, but it's funny. Oh god, bring a Lincoln Park as well. You guys just can't get away from the downers. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh Actually, my god, I won't tell you who the artists we're covering at this show are, but we have uh, two overdoses and a suicide. Oh, no, two suicides and an overdose. Is that the name? That should be the name yeah, of the yeah. show. Two suicides and an overdose. I love that Richard Curtis film. Uh, <laughs> And I'm doing a Ween song. Everyone's alive. They're just weird. Uh, so yeah, come out to three clubs on Sunday for Guilty Treasure. And uh, oh, by the, um, this Tuesday, the new season of the Jim Jeffrey Show will be starting. Excellent. So watch that and see if you can pick out one of my jokes. Nice. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.